0: All right, ladies, welcome. So, the uh, continuation of the study of the Tehillim. Uh, we learned these uh, Tehillim for the uh, Tzaddek Mrs. Lili Maddeb, Aleh shalom. Uh, Lili le Abbot Virginie, shalom. That these Torah uh, should be Eluni This is a uh, project of her son, Dr. Rafi Maddeb that uh, accepted upon himself that I should teach the Tehilim. It's, uh, it's good Kabbalah. And uh, we're almost uh, halfway through. For those that are first joining us, sorry we didn't wait for you, but we're up to chapter 70. So you have a lot of catching up to do. The good news is that these chapters are not related to each other. So you can come even for a single class and it's not like there's a uh, sequel to anything. Every class stands alone. And uh, you don't have to have any background or introductions to anything else that we did. So we're in chapter 70. The basic rule in the Tehillim is David's writing these praises to God. Most of the time it's because of an event that happened. And therefore he's giving God grace in order to praise him for the event. Now most of the Mefarshim in this chapter learned that this was happening at the time that he was being chased by his son Absalom. David HaMelech, one of his uh, tribulations that he had, nobody should go through this, was pursued. Okay, that's one thing, but he was pursued by his own son that tried to kill him and uh, take his throne away from him and take his wives, and it was serious. David was on the run. Ultimately, David prevailed and Absalom ultimately died. David wasn't happy about that either. David actually would pray for Absalom to be exonerated from Gehinam. Anyway, most say that this chapter over here was referring uh, to that uh, to that episode. I mean, for example, Radak. Hamizmor hazeh David be'et shayya boreyach Abshalom. So that's Radak's words. Vuh And he, he accepts that. Um, fine. So what does he say? Lam nasayah le David Haskir. Now this is a novel way, I don't think we saw this ever before, the way the chapter begins. We know what it means, for the conductor. David wrote these compositions and he would give it to the conductor, ultimately in the Beit HaMikdash, and they would sing the songs. Like you have a symphony, so you give the music to the conductor. So David Amenek was a singer, and he was a writer, he was a composer. So they gave it to the conductor in order to sing. David Now here you don't have a... Chapter that begins with the word L'Hazkir she says Lashon tefilahu So it's a prayer of David Like we say Every day in prayer uh, In chapter 20 L'am nasayah David Ya'ancha Adonai Bi-yum salai Yusegeb Hashem Elohi So we say Ba'ana Ahno b'shem Adonai Elohi Nun And us We will call out to God's name L'Hazkir L'Hazkir means In tefilah Or in In uh, in praise. Fine. So David HaMelech is making a prayer. Elohim lehatzileni. Adonai husha. Now, if you're coming to the Shi'urim, you know that we pay a lot of attention to the names of God that David chooses in his prayer. So here he chooses two names. The first is Elohim, and then the second part of the Pasuk is Yudke Vavke. We know that there's a difference between the two names. It's one God. But every time we use a different Name it connotes either we're talking on midat adin, meaning strict justice, or we're talking mercy. Now, when you see the word elohim, that is midat din, that's referring to God as a strict God. When you see yud kevavke, yud kevavke represents mercy. So, make up your mind, David. Are you are you turning to God as an elohim or are you turning to God as a yud And the answer is. Typical rabbinical answer, both. Elohim <speaking in Hebrew> Latzilani. He's saying on, on two things. Number one, Elohim <speaking in Hebrew> Latzilani, that he should be saved because of Midatadin. Uh, Midatadin, the way they explain it is um, that he should be saved because of, let's say, maybe his. Um, well, I'll read it over here the way he said it. Elohim zu Midatadin. That's when Shimuel, who appointed King David to be the king, so he said that he's going to be a king for some generations. So he says, You promised me from the times of Shimuel, so therefore, I deserve it because of the blessing of Shimuel. And then he says, And even if for whatever reason I don't earn it because of do it because of the Midat So David Amelik is using both names And I'd like to say Hiddush over here David HaMelech was miraculously saved from Avshalom He was outnumbered, he was on the run Avshalom was a gibor, it was a miracle So I'll give you a secret now That there's a certain name of Hashem That if you think about it And you ponder it And you have the Kavanah that I'm going to tell you now you could merit a miracle. Now, it doesn't mean the sea is going to split for you. But it means when a person needs a salvation, and he needs things to go his way, he needs Hashem to do something, which we would say it's a miracle. Not an open miracle, but a small miracle. So there's a kavanah in saying, or well, thinking Hashem's name, and that's the name that activates miracles. So I'm going to teach it to you today. And then next week we'll come along and say if it worked or not. The name of miracles is the following, Yudke Vafke. Now, listen to the way we're learning it. You know that Yud Kevavke, four letters of Hashem's name, can be written in a full sense, Bimilui. Bimilui means I could take the Yud and spell it Yud Dalet, phonetically, Yud. See what I did? That's called the letter Yud Bimilui. Bimilui means I, I opened it up. Now, the letter hair, you could open it up also. Now, there's three ways you could spell the letter hair. I could spell it here Aleph. I can spell it he-he, and I can spell it he-yud. For this purpose, for today's class, we're going to spell it he-alif. So now we have yud vav dal, yud, and we have he-alif. So far, so good? Good. Now we're going to go to the vav. There's three ways I can spell vav. I can spell vav-vav-vav, vav, which is the easiest way to spell it. I can spell it vav-yud-vav, vav, which is a more you know, sophisticated way to do it, but for today's class, we're gonna spell it Vav, Aleph, Vav. We're gonna put an Aleph. Just like we put an Aleph next to the hair. we're gonna put an Aleph in the Vav. And in the final hair, we're gonna keep it consistent. Here Aleph, same thing. Now, if you wanna to know, to impress, you know, your uh, husbands, uh, you could say that this is called Shem Yudke Vavke, it's the name Yudke Vavke, Bimilui, with the fillin Alfin. Alfin means alifs. We're filling in with alifs. Now if we would do this with the letter he, we would say bimilui he'in. And if we were doing it with Yud, we would say bimilui yudin. So now you're experts. If I, I don't have to give you this whole introduction next time. Next time I'm going to come in and say, ladies, uh, we're going to discuss now, shem hava'ya bimilui alfin. You're going to say, we got it. Next. Don't even, and so what was he talking about? You missed it. You weren't here last week. We can't, we can't explain it every week. Shem hava'ya Now I'll tell you the secret of this name. Numerically, how much does this name equal? 45. 45. I'll show you how. Yud Vav Dalid. Yud is 10. And Vav dalid is 10. 6-4. So Yud is 20. So far, so good. Did I lose you? Yud is 20. Here Aleph is 6. So we have 26. Vav, Aleph, Vav is six one six. that's 13 so 26 and 13 is 39 and then the final Aleph is 6 39 and 6 is how much? 40, 39 and 6 is 45 am I correct? that is called in the holy books Shem Memhe got it? Shem Ma Ma, Memhe and that's a very, very holy name. Uh, for example, if you look in the, in the Torah, before Adam HaRishon was created, almost after every day of the creation, after God finishes doing His business, He says, It was good, it was good. On the last day when He creates Adam, what does He say? V'hineh tov me'od It wasn't just tov, it was tov me'od We would say, it's very good What's the explanation? Because when God created Adam Arishon He introduced this name into the creation This holy name, and that's the name that He used to create Adam That's why the numerical value of the name Adam is Aleph Which is one, Dalit is four, and Mem is forty Adam also equals forty-five because he was created with that with that name. And that's why when God created Adam, he said, tov me'od. me'od is the same letters as Adam. And Me'od also equals 45. That's when God introduced that name. Okay, now you learned something. Now, I will tell you that in the Amidah, this is what the Arizal said, when we pray, the Beracha of Goel Yisrael. That's the seventh Beracha of the Amidah. Bring us Geulah. We want Geulah. Now we're not only praying for national Geulah, which is Mashiach, but the Arizal says anybody that needs a personal Geulah. Whatever it may be. Whether it's a personal life, whether it's in business, children. I don't have to give you the whole list. Everybody has their own items uh, that they need, uh, you know, a certain ge'ula. So when you pray, dear God, bring us quickly to a redemption, to a salvation. <clears throat> and what type of ge'ula do we want? Ge'ula shlema. It should be a complete ge'ula. It should be a total ge'ulah, don't leave anything behind. Says the Arizan. if you want to activate ge'ulah shelema on a personal level, at this point, you should think of the name I just told you. That's what I just said. Think of the name, Yud Vav Dalet, He and Aleph, Vav Aleph and Vav, and He, Aleph. The name, Mem, He. I know it's not a show and tell, but once in a while, if I can do it, class, but I'm getting to my point. It's a Tehilim class in depth. Well, sorry, she's unlucky. Then. This is Sukkot. <laughs> this is Sukkot. But I can show it to you. No, that Sidur has it? I don't know. I don't think that Sidur has picture, it. a picture, but you want a picture? No, that page, no. I'll get it. No, I'll get it. No, the Koyakov for sure doesn't have it. Have picture of what the Sidur. Yeah, so this has it exactly. The picture is correct. So you'll see over here where it says in the Siddur. On the way out, ladies, I'll show it to you in the Siddur. How about that? We make it easier. So I have a credit. The point is not, it's not in Korea. So now, I don't know why I have a Sukkot one over here. So it says, it says, Geulah Shilema. It, it says at that point, you should think of the name of Hashem that I just told you. And also think that the word Geulah, which means redemption, Gimal, Aleph, Vav, Lamed he also equals forty five. So the word geula is the numerical value of the shem yud vavke of memhe. he. Chamaruch shalom told me the following once. He said there's two ways to spell the word geula. You could spell it gimal aleph and just lamed he, but sometimes you could actually spell it with a vav. You don't have to put the vav there because you could put nekudot on the aleph to make it sound like an u. But you can also add a Vav. When you add the Vav to the letter, to the word, they say you're writing it complete. You're writing it with all, you not leaving any letters out. So he would say, Giulash Shilema. It should be a Shilema, meaning a with the letter Vav. So when it's a Geula Shilema with the letter Vav, it equals 45. And therefore in that merit, we should have a, a redemption. Now, now that you got that, that's not what I came to tell you. I came to tell you the following. But that's a good thing to know anyway. We don't pronounce Hashem's name Yud Keh as you know. You're not allowed to pronounce Hashem's name Yud Keh So How do we pronounce it? Ado. When you see Yud Keh you say Ado. I don't want to say it. And then you say 9. Now that name of God, Aleph, Dalid, Nun, and Yud numerically equals 65. Okay, now you learn something. So you learned the name of God of 45 and you learn the name of God that equals 65. So you're looking at Yudke Vavke, You're looking at the name of 45, but you're pronouncing it as a 65. Now, the final mathematical computation of the morning. 65 and 45. It's high, it's high in mathematics. It's difficult. Oh, Hazaka Baruch. It's 110. Now, I know that number doesn't mean anything to you, but the Arizal says that there's a very important word in Hebrew that equals 110. And that's the word that represents miracle. How do you say miracle in Hebrew? Nes. Nes is 50 and 60. Nes. Nun samech. And now you learned how to activate miracles. When a person says the name of Hashem, in the Amidah, when he gets to the shelema, So he thinks Geulah is 45. And Lema'an Shemecha, for your name. Which name? The name of God that also equals Keula, which is what? 45. And then you think that this name, I don't pronounce it Yud Kevavka, I pronounce it in a different fashion, in a way that equals Adanut, which equals 65. And when I combine both names together, you've now created not a strawberry shortcake, you created a Ness. And now the Ness, you're able to activate. Miraculous and supernatural things. So that's what David Melik was saying over here when he activates Hashem Le'ezrati Husha. That God Almighty. That's the Kavanah Yudkev Mafkiria Le'ezrati to my aid, to my assistance. Husha Husha means quickly. Bring my salvation uh, very quickly. Okay, that's a. Uh, you have a minute to learn something also very deep. Good. So now. Adam was created from the Shem Memhe. that was Adam now there was no Hava yet where was Hava created from? from inside of Adam eventually Hashem put him to sleep it was the first uh, uh, anesthesia, first operation and God removed uh, the rib from Adam, from inside of him and then was fashioned uh, Hava and she was called Havah. So look how amazing. If you take that name I just told you. Now, Shem Memhe, which is the name that Hashem used to create Adam, but Hava was created from the inside. So let's look at the inside of that name. Not the letters that are apparent, Yud Kevavkeh. Those are the letters you see. When you write Yud Kevavkeh, you don't see the inner letters that we're talking about. Those are concealed. So what is the inner letters of Yud? Vav And understand what I mean when I say that? Again, when we pronounce, or we see the name Yud Kevav, we just see four letters. We don't see all those inner letters that we're talking about. We pronounce it Yud, but we just see the letter Yud, we don't see the, the inside letters. Am I clear? So therefore, let's discuss the inner letters of the name we just mentioned. The inner letters of Yud is what? Vavdalid. The inner letters of He is what? Aleph. And the inner letters of Vav, Aleph, Vav. And the inner letters of the final hair is Aleph. I did the math before I came. Vav dalit is 10, Aleph is one, so that's 11. Aleph, Vav is seven, so that's 18. And the final Av is one, 19. Point being, the inner letters of this name is 19. And that's the inner letters of the Shem Memhe, where God went into Adam in the inner letters and created Haba. What's the numerical value of Haba? Haba equals 19. Now you understand. Chet, vav, he. The reason why she's called Haba, because she's the inner letters of the Shem Memhe, because she was created from the inside of Adam. Right, that's just a uh, ladies' class, so we mentioned something about Haba. So you shouldn't say we're, uh, we're not fair. Okay, now let's get to Pasuk Gima. Yiboshu they should be shamed. V'yahperu, they should be, you know, embarrassed. those that are seeking my soul, those that are trying to kill me. David Amelik is talking about uh, his enemies. Yesogu ahor. They should be sent and turned away, turned back. Be and be again uh, ashamed. Hafetzeh la'ati. those that are seeking my my bad. Those that want bed for me. Yashuvu uh, al ekev boshtam. yeshuvu, it should return on them what they tried to do to me. They tried to shame me and they tried to humiliate you humiliate me. So yashuvu it should go on them. Al-Ekev, because Al-Ekev means on account of Boshtam. Boshtam is the humiliation of me. <laughs> it should go on them. How omerim when they see David on the chase, or on the run, I should say, when they see David falling, what did his enemies say? He-Ah, ah And this is an interesting word. I don't think it's a word. I think it's a sound. When, uh, when you go to a ball game, you hear the crowd saying what? Heya, hey, hey, hey. They're making like a sound of, of, of roaring. It's a sign of applause, like we would say today. And they got a round of applause. So they would say, when they saw David Melech getting attacked and that he was on the run, his enemies were cheering. Heya, ha!" Hey. And therefore David Melech says, those enemies that cheered, HaOmrim, hey, heya, That's what she explains. Lashon hey, hey. It's a language that implies joy. When they saw the enemies of David succeeding, uh, uh, so his enemies were rejoicing. So David says it should happen to them. They should rejoice and be happy. All those that seek you out, all those that anticipate for the salvation of God and their anticipation is always uh, that the, uh, the glory of God should be exalted those that love and uh, count on your salvation now this last pasuk over here there's something special David Amelich says I'm a poor man I'm ani, ebyon. I'm impoverished. Therefore, Elohim, hushali, quickly, please, Ezri, my assist, my assistant, my helper, umefalti ata, and you're my salvation. Hashem, yudkevavke, al do not delay. Now, here is another secret that David HaMelech put into the Tehillim. He refers to himself as ani v'Ebyon. Now, why is that a merit to be saved? If he is, ani what was he saying? Look at my bank account. I'm a negative balance. And therefore, what? Because the person has a negative balance in the bank and he doesn't have any money in his pocket. That's a reason that his tifidot should get answered. What? And therefore, a rich man will not get answered. What does it mean when he says, V'ani, ani as if his economic status should have any bearing whether God answers him or not? So learn a lesson. David Amelich was not talking over here monetarily. I'm quoting you now the words of Rav Hida. Ifshar Bima shekatab Rabbeinu Ari. Rabbeinu Ari said the following. Ariza. <inaudible> that when a person is in trouble and he needs a salvation, this is the second way we're going to give you a secret to reach salvation. He says, Yaskir You're allowed to mention to God your Zikuyot. I did this, I did that, I did this, I did that. Remind God for Zikuyot. But he says, she kirim but you're not allowed or you shouldn't mention them explicitly. Why? Shimlav yekatrigu. Because if you mention them explicitly, it could bring a person to uh, Kitru. Kitru means uh, prosecution. Uh, the, the Satan says, well, he's bragging. Why well, he did this over here? What does he think he is? So you don't want to... So you're in a catch-22 over here. Darizel says, you're allowed to mention your good things to put you in good favor with God, but you shouldn't mention them explicitly. You should mention them in remes. In, a, in, in an illusion somehow. Now you have to be clever how to do that. So David was very clever. He says, Vi'fshar shehacha amar David. David knew there's a very, very big piece from the Arizal. The Arizal says that if a person has the trait of humility, that we call anav. If a person is anav, He's humble, that's a big protection against sarot, troubles and bad things to befall. God loves the humility. This is a trait that Borei Olam holds on the highest, uh, the highest levels. And when somebody uh, exudes the midav anava, he's saved from, from bad things. I'll explain it to you how that works. I'll explain it to you how it works. The Arizal says that the one that is in charge of prosecuting the people is the Satan, as you know, Satan. The Satan has different names. I'm gonna teach you one of the names of the Satan today. Don't say it, I'm not gonna even say it myself because when you say it, he thinks we're calling him and we're not calling him. Wrong number. The Satan is an angel every angel, the last two letters of his name is Aleph Lamed, like Michael, Raphael, Gabriel. whenever you see Aleph Lamed as the last letters, you know that's an angel. Just like when you see 718 in North Brooklyn, when you see El as a suffix of, of an angel, you know it's a Malach. Now it, the, the first letters of the name tell us who he is. Which angel? So Rephael is the angel of Rifa. Rephael is healing, medicine, doctor. Gavriel is Geburah, the angel of fire, etc. Michael, the bearer of good news. Every angel has a different function. Satan is, his first letters, which we call prefix, is Samechmem. So it's four letters, his name. Samechmem, the prefix, and then Aleph Lamed, the suffix. We don't say it. In short, they say Samechmem then you know who you're talking about. And <clears throat> I said he got the right name, because those who also, the letters backwards, which is mass, which is taxes, which probably also was a uh, product of the samech mem himself. And the guy who collects the taxes is called Uncle Sam. So that's samech mem also. So there, there you go. And I don't have a doubt that he's behind Social media. Social media Sam mechmem also Sam mechmem. social media. Social media. So that's that's also probably one of his creations that's destroying the world. Again, that's right. HaMavet, Very good. Sam is also a poison in, in Hebrew. So there's a lot to say about this guy's name, his name. Whoever named him, named him correctly. Obviously God did it. So how do we neutralize the mechmem? Different ways. I'm not going to tell you every way today. I'll tell you one way. Arizal says through humility. He can't go after humble people. It's almost as it's like a it's like a kryptonite. It's like his, um, it's a repellent. With his ga'ava, with his arrogance, the satan, he finds something that he can relate to so he can attack. But with his humility, the humble person it doesn't exist. He's like he's nothing and the satan has no, no hold on him. And the Arizal said that if you take the Samichmem's name, I know I told you no more math, but I, I didn't mean it. Samichmem is 100, the Aleph is 31. So his name equals 131. Okay, so you say, big deal. 131 doesn't mean anything. Well, if you take the word Anava, Ay Nun, Vav, He also equals 131. So the Arizal says, the way you neutralize the Samichmem is through Anava. So the ge'ir, the arrogant one, actually puts himself at great risk because now he becomes subject to uh, the Samech Meim and his armies. But the Anaba, that's why if you look in, if you have your Tehilim books, open up to chapter 131. In chapter 131, which is actually 131, Kuflamet Aleph, so in that chapter, David HaMelech, if I'm not mistaken, begins... Hashem, God, Lo gabali bi, velo ramu enai, velo hilachti b'gadolot or b'nifnaot b'meni. David of Menachem Nach chapter says Hashem, no enai, no gabali bi, velo ramu. My heart is not exalted, velo ramu enai. My eyes are not looking up, velo hilachti, velo I didn't go b'gadolot. I didn't get in an arrogant way. So the Arizal said from a student of Haim Vital said from the Arizal. Why did David HaMelech talk about humility in chapter 131? Because since 131 is the numerical value of Anava, and the numerical value of the Samech Mem, so he chose 131 to talk about the virtues of not being arrogant, in order to teach you how to overcome the, uh, the Satan's uh, ruses and traps. So therefore, he says, and I'm quoting over here, Ki To the humble person, mitbaltlim gezerot ra'ot. It breaks gezerot ra'ot. It's unbelievable. We never see this about other character traits. Normally we say character traits, it's good for the person to be refined, to be here within there is a certain character trait that's actually a protection. The person says, Rabbi, I want to be protected. What should I do? Work on humility. There's books that teach, teach, teach humility. And then you'll be, you'll, you'll be protected. The humble man is protected from the samech man. It's an amazing thing. I don't know how, how far to go on this or how not far to go. I do have a lot of papers in front of me. I take a, just go, just do it. I'll take a risk. Listen. We'll see next week who comes back, who doesn't come back. Then we'll measure. We'll say nobody came back next week, so it's we'll okay. It was a mistake. If you come back, I'll say it was okay. Now these are deep things, but I don't want to deprive you from these deep things. These are things I would tell the boys in the yeshiva, but why should you be deprived? Because just because uh, 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 you, you come as a, in a ladies' class, we say, "Oh no, we are not allowed to say these things." These things are open for all, for all inquisitive Jewish minds that want to understand. So I'll allow you the same benefits. I'm only telling you because it has to do with this week's parashah and has to do exactly what we're saying. I'm not going to tell you the story of the spies. There's other classes I'm sure you're going to go to and they'll give you the history of what happened with the spies. Hayen Cham. But I will tell you that it says in the Pasuk, when they went, it says when they went. It gives us the time of year that they went. It says v'ayyameen, the days that they went, yeme. It was the days of Bikure anavim. It was the time when the grapes are ripening. Bikure anavim when the grapes are coming out of the vine and becoming ripened. I think it's this time of year, by the way, because the spies were dispatched on the 29th of Sivan. Now, yeah, I think Sunday was 20, 21, 22. Yeah, this is the 22nd day of uh, Sivan today so this is the time, next week is the anniversary when they sent the spice. so Yimei Bikuli Anavim it's the days when the Anavim were are being uh, ripened now there was a great there's a Midrash the Midrash uh, is read like this there's a certain Midrash that's called Midrash Pili'ah Midrash Pili'ah are uh, These types of midrashim that are like riddles, and most of the rabbis have a hard time cracking the riddles, because they're very, very deep. One of the riddles goes like this: Why did the spies fail? Because they went in the times of B'kurei Anavim. Now, what does that mean? What does their failure have to do with the grapes ripening? And if they would have went before the grapes ripened, they would have been more successful. And then the midrash continues. And that's why it says in the Pasuk, when Yochebet gave birth to Moshe, she hid him for three months. And that's why Yocheved hid Moshe for three months. But it's Peneu Sheloshai Yerachim v'lachem Ketiv Anavim Hasir Yud. And then it says, and that's why if you look in the Torah in this week's parashah when it says Yeme Bekurei Anavim, Anavim is spelt without a yud, ay Nun bet mem without a yud. That's the midrash. Okay. For a dollar, can anybody explain this midrash to me? If you gave me a million dollars, I would not be able to explain this mudrash to you. I don't understand any part of it. I don't understand that you're telling me why did they fail because it was Yamebikuria Anavim. I don't understand what is it gotta do with the three months that Moshe Benu was hidden? And what is it gotta do that the word anavim is missing a yud or not? None of the parts of the madrash make sense. Until the great rabbi called Shim Shu Masrapuli. Yom was a great Great Mikubal. And he was a master of unraveling these midrashim, and he explained the following. He said, There are certain months of the year that are good luck months. Good luck month, for example, would be Adar, Nisan. Nisan is from the word Nes. Nisan is plural. There were many miracles that happened in the month of Nisan. Adar, a great, great month. Uh Heshvan, my birthday, but I don't know that's such a good month actually, but for me it was a good month. Anyway, the point is there's certain months, however, that are miserable months that are not favorable at all. And those are the months of Tammuz, which is sorry to tell you the next month that's coming up on the calendar. The month of Av which is the month after that, so it's back-to-back, not so good. And then you have, in the middle of the winter, the long, no, not Heshvan. Heshvan is my birthday, I said, Tevet, Tevet, <laughs> Tevet, the month of Tevet. Those are the long winter nights, the dark nights of the winter. After Hanukkah, that's Asarabi Tevet. that's when the month where the destruction began. Those are the three months that Rizal said are unfavorable, Right? And the spies, as I just told you, they left on the 29th of Sivan. The majority of the expedition was in the month of Tammuz and the first nine days of Av. So it was unlucky, unlucky months because those months are the months where the Samech has has a hold, as we see. I mean, all the, all, most of the tragedies that befall our people are in the month of Tammuz and Av. And Tebet, there's other historical uh, uh, items that we could talk about another time. But Tammuz was the main month that the spies were traveling and that's, that's why they failed. That explains in depth when Yochevet hid Moshe for three months there's a deep interpretation that it's telling us that there's three months here that you should be hiding. You should be low key because the Samech is uh, out there in the streets. Like, it didn't start from us. Our grandparents just tell us, be careful during these months. Don't go out, be careful, don't do anything silly, don't do anything dangerous. Why? Because those months are, So <coughs> means that she was telling us, as an example, that the tzaddik has to hide, the Jew has to hide for three months to be, to be extra careful. Those are the months of Tammuz, Av, and Tibet. Azak Baruch. Those months were given to Satan from day one. Exactly. Before anything happened. These are the months of the Satan. Now, here's the, trick, here's the secret now that he revealed. Anabim is grapes. Ayin nun he said, if you look in the Torah, it's missing a yud. So it's only four letters. Let's look for a second, if we could do this uh, experiment. If we could do it, we'll succeed. What is the letter in the Hebrew alphabet before the letter ayin? Samech. I know it's tricky, the alphabet, especially the Hebrew alphabet, that we're not so fluent in. But if you take the letter before ayin, it's samech. Anavim, we're spelling the word Anavim. If you take the letter before noon, it's a mem, now you have samech mem. The next letter, Anavim, bet. What's the letter before bet? Aleph, you have samech mem and aleph. And then Anavim, a mem. What's the letter before mem? Lam, that's his name. So the Pasuk says, The days that they traveled, Yemeh Bikure Anavim. Bikure means the letters before the bikhor, which means the ones that come before, the first letters before anavim. The days that they traveled were yemeh bikure anavim. Not when grapes are ripened, but if you take the word anavim and put the letters that precede, that come before anavim. That's the way we say, yemeh bikure anavim. They came in the months that belonged to the samechmeim. And that's what the Midrash means. Why didn't he succeed? Because the days were And that's why it says Because it's one of the three months, the three bad months, and they traveled through two of them. Because that's why, if you look in the Torah, there's no Yud over there. Because why is there no Yud? So you can get this remis. So you can get this, if there would be a yud, it would break up the, the remez. So therefore it's nun bet ma'am, without a yud, so you can get the remez of the days belong to Satan, and that's why... All well, these philosophical questions will answer, but that's good. He had no choice, they wanted they asked for it. They asked for the spies, to send it. To send it. Now watch, it's not a Getting to my point. Ladies, I don't want you to have any claims against me. If some of you go to Shul on Shabbat and you're able to see the Sifat Torah from the ladies section when they bring it out, you're going to see the word alavim. Hold on to your seats. It's written with a yud. It's written, ayin nun bet yud mem alavim. So take this whole hadush. Now, what are you going to do? The whole Hidush is based on, and if you look in the Torah it's written without a yud. therefore it's the Bikud A'navim, it's the Samichmim's month, that's why they failed, everything is unbelievable. But, never take any of these words unless you verify. So when I went to verify and I opened the homage. there's a big Yod over there. Now what are you going to do? We're in trouble. We're in big trouble. Because this Hidush is, is true. So we have to figure it out how it's true. Now Now it becomes even more complicated because we have to deal with the yud that shouldn't have been there, <laughs> but it's there anyway. Please don't ask any questions to me on something that I myself don't understand so much. So whatever I'm going to tell you, just take it for face value. I'm giving it to you as I know it, and I don't know it deeper than you once you hear it. There was a rabbi called Bnei Yisashchav, and he said that there's two versions of the Sefer Torah. There's the version that they have in heaven, and there's the version we have on earth. And there's some differences. The version on earth needs to be, protected a little more from Satan and from negativity than the one in heaven because the one in heaven is in a holy place and it, was not, it doesn't have to be concerned about any uh, you know, prosecutions and things like that. So he says when the Midrash writes that it's written without a yud it means in the version in heaven. Because you can write Satan's name because you're not worried about him. You're not worried about him in heaven. You can even mention him in the, in, in the text as such. But on earth Moshe Rabbeinu did not want to make an illusion of the samechmeim in the text, so he broke it with uh, with a yud. He put a yud in between just, uh, so even there's not even a remez of it. You see, we don't even want to have a remez of the samechmeim. You know how our our grandmothers used to tell us, al tiftahpeh Don't don't say anything. If you say something, don't say it. Don't even say it, because you're opening your mouth to it. Then it's gonna happen, don't say anything. So, when Moshe wrote the Torah, it was from God, he saw Anavim. So, he knows what this hints. If if, if Shem Shom knew this, for sure Moshe knew this. So, when he said, anavim, the letters before Anavim, he said, We cannot put an illusion of some in the book. It's too, too dangerous for the people. Therefore, let me add a yud. Now, I know what you're asking. What do you mean, let me add a yud? It's not Wheel of Fortune over here. Where is he getting this yud from? Where he can just add a yud? I thought the, the letters are given to him by God. Can Moshe bin just add letters as he wants? It's not the havdil, a million Havdalot. We're not counting the letters in, in Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, the or Huckleberry Finn. We don't care if the author adds a letter or takes away a letter. It's all chakir, with the letter, without the letter. But the Torah is. Every letter is signed and numbered. So how could all of a sudden Moshe Rebbe, oh, I'm going to add a Yud over there. You can't add a Yud. Unless, unless there was an extra Yud in the the box. Unless there was an extra Yud in the box. And last week's Perashah, ladies, this is a Tehillim class, I'm aware of it and I'm getting back to the Pasuk of Tehillim, but if you want to understand this Pasuk that I'm about to explain it to you, you need this introduction. I know some of you saying we came to a Tidim place and the guy's talking about other things. You'll get your money back on the way out. We're explaining it like this. Last week's Pirashah, the Pasuk writes, Moshe was very humble. Now, this was the hardest Pasuk for Moshe to write in the Torah. Because he's writing about himself. It no, doesn't bother Moshe to write about all the stories about everybody else. But now God says, okay, write this. Veish Moshe Anav. The person who's so humble, the last thing he wants to do is write. But God said, listen, it's, it's, it's the Torah's emit. The Torah's a true Torah. We cannot uh, whitewash the truth. You are the most humble man. But Moshe he was he was agonized to write such things about himself. Now this is true. If you look in the Sefer Torah, in last week's Pirashah, you'll see that when Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the word Anav, that's normally spelt Ayin Nun Yud Vav, he left the Yud out. He left the, and that's the way it's spelt, by the way, in the Homash. I'll show you on the way out. There it's not a, it was verified, and he left the Yud out. Why? He couldn't write, he he had to write the word missing, because he, it hurt him to, to, to write about himself. So how is he going to write? He's saying, yeah, I'm humble, but my, my humility is deficient. It's missing my humility. As if to even to minimize his humility, he wrote, he spelt the, the word wrong. As if to say, that was part of his humility in itself. That he took the, the year out. So he's so brought down by Rabbi Friedman, I let not be well. He said, possible. This is a theory now. That yud now was in the box. Because that yud was supposed to be in the Torah. But he didn't use it. So he's got to put it somewhere. This is the yud of humility. So where did he put the yud of humility? To break up the power of Satan. And he put it in the word Anavim. And from here we learned that what? That if you want to break up Satan... Humility. He knew if these letters, Ayin, Nun, Bet, Mem, are going to remain next to each other, that's the spelling of the earlier letters, the previous letters, Sam Mem, Aleph, and Lamed. So he says, we've got to break this guy. Wait, i got a letter from Anav. i got a letter from Humility. Let me take that over there. And bing! He put the yud right in the middle. There goes the Sammech, Mem. And the Ariza learns that that is the antidote against the Sammech, Humility. Now, this is tremendous hadushim. If we had a band over here, I would tell them to stop playing music after such a hadush like this. But again, you have to appreciate it. After the class, I go up to my office, I'll do a dance my own after such a hadush like this. That's the excitement that I have from this revelation. What a sweet idea did answer so many questions now we go back to our chapter David HaMelech needs, uh, needs a Yeshua, he needs help from God his son is chasing him his enemies are laughing at him he'a, he'a. and Ariza says okay David mention some of your zikuyot mention some of your, uh, call in some of your chips but you're not allowed to do it explicitly because if you call them in explicitly, it can work against you. So you have to figure out a way to mention his trait without mentioning it. Now you know what the rabbis tell us? Since God created the world, there were, there were three most humble people. You know who the three most humble people were? The three most humble people was well, Moshe, Abraham, and David. I know you're asking why I say it in that order. Abraham came first, and then Moshe, and then David. But I said it in a different one. I said Moshe, Abraham, David. Because the Pasuk says, Ve Moshe anav me'od. He was more humble than All the other humble people. Moshe, Abraham, David. So therefore, he was more humble than the other two. Why? I'll explain to you. Moshe is nothing to talk. But why was he more humble than the others? Abraham was humble. What did he say about himself? He said, I'm I'm nothing. I'm ashes. (laughs) Okay, ashes, but it's something. I mean, it's nothing nothing important, I agree, but it's something. David HaMelech, what did he say? I'm a worm. Okay, but it's a worm. A worm actually is even more than ashes. Ashes is inanimate. A worm is alive. So they were humble, by the way. Now, by the way, it doesn't mean that they just said it. I can also say I'm a worm. (laughs) It doesn't mean he said it. It means he believed it. He was it. If you have some arrogant guy come along and say, "I'm a worm," you tell him you're a hamor also. That has that, that, nothing to do with it. The point is, and what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? ma," he said, "I'm nothing. Nothing. Now nothing is more more nothing than ashes and a worm." So therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was the the most of humble because he looked at himself as as ma. the clock says I have five minutes so I'm going to take advantage of it when God created the world the first three words that God used to create the world was Bereshit, bara Elohim in the beginning God created Elohim is judgment Correct? We learned today judgment. In the beginning, when God created the world, there was only judgment. He did not use the name of Yod Vavke until Adam came into the world. So there was judgment, it was a dangerous place to be. But it was okay to be dangerous because there was nobody there, so it's okay to be dangerous. But once Adam came, God said this, this word cannot exist with Elohim anymore, we have to add Yod Kevavke. But in this Pasuk, Bereshit Bara Elohim, it's giving us a Remedy that even when there's elokim, even when there's judgments and there's strictness, there's a way to overcome that even. How? Humility. Now where do you see humility in the words Bereshit Bara Elohim? You don't see anything about humility. But let's look at it differently. What's the last letter of Bereshit? Taf. That stands for Tola'at. Who said he's a Tola'at? David. Bara. What's the last letter of Bara? Aleph. What does that stand for? Efer. Who said that? Abraham. Elohim. What's the last letter of Elohim? Mem. What is that for? Ma. In the beginning of the Torah, the Torah is telling you that even in the world where there's only Elohim, However, the Torah hints to humility at the end of the word, because that's the humble. The the humble guy is always at the end. So at the end of the word, if you go to the end, meaning you have humility, like tolaat, like efer, and like ma. Now why does it put it in that order? Because it's putting it in the order of lowest to highest level. The lowest level is tolaat, because it's it's a creation at least. And then what's higher level than tola'at? Efer. And then what's higher than efer? Ma. So it wrote it in the progression. So in the beginning of the Torah, when it says, Bereshit B'ra'ilu'im, it's already hinting to us that even in a world that has judgment, the humble one is able to overcome. I heard this from one of my rabbis. I forgot which one. I'm not taking any plagiarism here. It's not my hiddush. He said, if you want to give a mashal to it, if somebody goes to the ocean, and you have these big waves, so a guy standing there at the ocean, big wave comes, stands there, what does the wave do to him? Knock him down. Who gets saved? The one that goes like this. He bends, the wave goes right over his head. The humble one, the wave goes over his head. The ge'er, he thinks he's going to, boom, he gets knocked down. That's the mashal he gave to show you that the humble one, when he lowers himself, the midat just passes over him. It's a, it's a lesson. It explains why Moshe Rabbeinu was so successful. He was untouchable. It was his humility that put him in that protection. Satan couldn't even get him. He died a, a death of kiss of God. Why couldn't the Satan get him? Satan couldn't touch him. Satan was allergic to Moshe Rabbeinu, can not touch him now we get back to our chapter if you have a book in your hand you'll appreciate the Hadush inside we're reading now the last Pasuk of chapter 70 David HaMelech needs a miracle he needs to be saved and David Zechut one of his merits is he's humble but he can't say to God in the merit of my humility save me because he shouldn't say it explicitly but you could say it in a and an is, so look at what he says, Va'ani, Ani, I'm poor. What's the next one? V'ibion. and I am impoverished. But look over here. Ani, what are the letters of Ani? Ayin, Yud. what's the next letter in the Pasuk? Vav. So therefore, if you look at it straight, it spells Anav. You see, it spells Anav. But David Amir said it in two words. Ani <speaking> ve'ibyon, <Hebrew> not to say the word Anav explicitly. So he said, I'm impoverished, I'm a poor man, but he was hinting over here a way to throw in the word Anav in order that the malachim that pick up on these nuances will say yes, and the is Anava, the samech is not allowed to touch him because he has, he's one of the three. So therefore, the Hayich Khidah writes that this is a very important nuance over here. Ani ve'ebion, actually forget about the Ibion. We really care about the ayin, nun, the yud and the vav of this pasuk. The fact that he was anav. So he was saying it without having to say it. It's a, we, we just reveal the big secret of the Avchidah. That when you're reading this chapter in Tehidim, now your eyes are going to look at these two words differently than most people. Most people say, Ani ve'ebion. And you're going to say, Anav, Anav. But you see, Anav. Oh, look at that! <laughs> look at that! He 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 secretly hinted it into the into the way he said. And therefore, because he mentioned his level of Anav, Elohim Hoshali. Even with there's Elohim, even where there's midatadin, it doesn't matter. Like I just told you, but Bara Elohim. Even in a place where there's Elohim, if there's humility. You don't have to worry. That's why he says, ani, Because he has the anava Elohim Hushali, even the midat hadin will be able to bring you to salvation. And then the Pasuk ends with the shame of miracles, do not delay. Now what is this chapter good for? It's good for David, because it worked. But the rabbi says when a person is, needs his personal salvation for himself. This is a good chapter to say. It's only six Pesukim, so it's not a long chapter, but to say chapter Ayin. Those that say chapter 70 in the Tehilim, when they need a salvation in Yeshua, and they say it with the minimal Kabanot that we say there today, a person is able to get a, uh, a salvation. All right, ladies. We'll stop over here. I think that's enough. At least that's enough for me.